Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is. We come to this podcast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get. When the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream sound that is sound. Somehow, Ramaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and May Lynn feels perfect and powerful because here they are. The Pope on Film podcast. We make movies better. I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. How have we not started the podcast before now? With a parody of uh, the AMC opener. I I, I don't. Is that what we just did? <laughs> yes, that that has been playing before every AMC movie for the last year and a half. No, this is my water, Eleanor. You're not getting my water. Uh, this is episode four hundred and fifty-four of the podcast. Yes, yes, little about the urban achievers and proud we are of all of that. Um, no pressure, Bonnie, but I think that that uh, AMC theaters opening would make for a great animation, like that one Texas Chainsaw opening we did one time. Uh, just a thought. Uh, anyway, um, how are you doing, Bunny? Are you excited about today's movie? Oh, tons and tons. I mean this this is this is our most Oscar bait movie so far. <laughs> uh, Jack Black should at least be nominated for best song. Yes. Yes, actually he should. I mean if Man or Muppet won best song one year, then Jack Black's Peaches song can it can technically uh count. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Thrace yet? We just went yesterday. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? What'd you think? No spoilers. What'd you think? I think I need to watch it again. I was real effing high when I saw that movie. And so I kept, like, taking a moment and remembering where I was. I, I feel like I wanted that, but more. Guardians. Yeah. I'm thinking that there was more, but it was just going by so fast and whatever that we didn't catch it. Yeah. That's what yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very emotional. It was a very emotional, heartfelt movie. I, I would um, have liked to have cried more. 
I brought tissues. Good. Good. I used um, tissues. Yeah, it's a sweet movie. I love the soundtrack. When they started playing Faith No More, I geeked out. Yeah. I, I, it, for me, for me, it was it was always chasing rainbows. Yeah, yeah, Alice Cooper. Um, so this is a new format. We're gonna have a very short monologue, and then we're gonna go straight into a uh, historic approximation. But in the monologue, I want to do a little bit of talking, talking about things, and then I want to pick one news story that happened during uh, episodes to talk about. I was going to talk about how the manager of an Arby's restaurant went missing in New Iberia, Louisiana. And uh, after a thorough manhunt, they found her uh, dead in the Arby's freezer. Arby's. Okay. We have the corpse. So, so how exactly long was this manhunt? No idea. I, I mean, she's an Arby's manager. So they scoured the area until they eventually checked out the Arby's and like opened yeah. the door. I'm like, well, fuck, here she is. Yeah, basically. And, uh, like, wouldn't you start there? I don't know. I like, don't know. like maybe not necessarily in the freezer, but I, I would think you would maybe check around the Arby's first. Well, that is in our story for the monologue this week. That is in our news story. Bo Jackson is in the news. Uh, do you remember Bo Jackson? Uh, he could be a sports rapper, professional bowler. No, no. Uh, he was, uh, does he work at SeaWorld? He was a football, he was a professional football player who played with the Raiders, but he was also a professional baseball player. I believe he played for the Kansas City Royals. And he was good at both, and he, he was all over the place, and and uh, uh, he was part of a cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon. He was, he got a Nike sponsorship. Well, he's 60 years old now, and he has had hiccups for almost a year. Okay. Bo Jackson has had the hiccups. For almost an entire year now, and finally, after a year, he he has decided to uh, get surgery. He's going to be having some risky surgery to stop the hiccups. But just imagine on your chest, on your tummy, your diaphragm, how it would feel to have hiccups for one whole year. Well, I, I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about the legend. You know, the legend that says if you hiccup for a year, an Arby's manager dies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Uh-huh. Way to, way to tie it all together. But you haven't heard the craziest part. 
So uh, Bo Jackson was being interviewed, and he said that he has tried everything. Everything that anyone has said, he has tried. He's held his breath. He's gotten scared. He's drank a cup of water upside down. And he has even smelled a porcupine's asshole. Uh-huh. I would like to repeat that. But, but that had nothing Bill to do Jackson with the hiccups. smelled a porcupine's <laughs> asshole. Yeah. To try and cure hiccups. Yeah. Where is that in, like, uh, the farmer's almanac? It's like a friendly tip. And uh, and then how exactly did he procure a porcupine? And more importantly, <laughs> was there consent? Okay, I just came, did the I porcupine just came up was the porcupine agreeable to having its asshole sniffed? Okay, I just I just came up with the joke, um, just now. Uh, Bo, it's, this is actually a headline from the USA Today. Bo Jackson smelled a porcupine's butt to try to cure year-long case of hiccups, and. In unrelated news, Bo Jackson has been banned from the local zoo. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Poor Bo Jackson. Yeah. But the interesting about Bo Jackson and his hiccups is he can hiccup hmm. in both English and French. Nice. Nice. A Canadian hiccup. Yes. Um, so I think that was it for the monologue cut on the monologue. And let's move on now <coughs> to our other segment. Um, and this one's going to be a good one. I'm really excited. So, uh, cut on that. And then welcome to. Cat. Funny. Yeah. If you're like me, oh, are, did you play the? Yeah, because I thought that's what you were trying to indicate. No, no, no. I was going to tell you when to play that, but I love that intro, though. Yeah. That I that I threw together. I'm so I'm, not, I'm my... not sure right now where I'm supposed to be cutting to. Oh, no. To the historic approximations background, which you have done. Hey, we're here in historic approximations. But I, I, it, so good, good background dancing, Max. Thank you. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Bofon film. I mean, who is it? But only the real fans, the true hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning, since day one, only they would know the two undisputable facts about the both of us, two undeniably real and in no way made up on the spot facts about America's hottest couple, Bunny and Mei Lin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you are a celebrated ghostwriter. That is, someone who is hired to secretly write a book for someone else. So tell us, Bunny, what are some of the books that you have ghostwritten? 
Well, I, I think you're still just a little bit confused about the terms. I write on on the behalf of ghosts. Ah, yes. Famous. I am. I am a ghost writer. A ghost writer because because the, the pencils go right through their fingers. They are not able to write themselves. They're so, not able to hold the pencils. Yeah. So I write for them. So I sit there with a pencil and paper. And I sit there and I listen to them drone on and on and on endlessly. And I just sit there. I write down what they say. It's like the one of the least exciting of my of of my hobbies. You know, uh, yeah. bug masturbation being number one. Uh, ghost writing, because like. They think they have shit to say, but this shit just ain't important, and it's boring. You know? I mean... Yeah. 1800s dentistry? Yeah, okay, good. You can whittle well. You can whittle teeth. Well, they think it's exciting, because I guess things are just more exciting when you're dead. You know? But... Yeah, their 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 lives are not nearly as interesting as they seem to think they were. Interesting. Okay. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where I get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling razzmatazz. So that is what this is. Another... Um, educationally uneducational installment of historic approximations. Dun, and dun, then, dun. I, then I'll say, then I'll say, funny, hit the intro, and then you can play the video, which I, I, I'm getting better at editing. And I think for throwing something together, that video was pretty good. Yeah. I like it. And to be clear, um, wait, what do you have? A dinosaur head holding a screwdriver in its mouth. Okay. This is more of an audio, like maybe two or three people will watch this on Twitch, but it, we have a lot of listeners to the podcast. So... Well, they are missing the visuals of my son behind me being a wonderful weirdo. It's whatever format you're on. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, man, you cannot believe how many people show up for the live video on Twitch. Exactly. And if I you're on the live hundreds. video on Twitch, you cannot yeah. believe how many people are just listening just like constantly on SoundCloud. We do have a lot of SoundCloud fans. That is surprising. Yes. So, hi, SoundCloud. Um, and to be clear, in the video, it has capital H, capital A, capital P. But it, this podcast is spelled capital H, capital A, but a lowercase p, a small p. We need that small p. It is yes, vital to the ebb and flow of the entire show. America runs on Duncan, and this podcast runs on Pete. 
So uh, I, I think is- I think that is really the whole theme of at least this particular episode of the Pope on film. It is a little pee. A little pee. Yeah. A little bit of pee. Yeah. So uh, uh, what is happening on the half this week? Well, this week I thought I would do something different, something personal, something fun and different. And above all else, something that I didn't have to write out in research and bust my ass making. And so today we are going to be I just took a bath. And so my hair is kind of crazy. I'd like to think that my hairdo is female Joey, Joey Ramone. Okay, is the hairdo that I have right now. Okay. So, oh, now well, I got a little. That curl can't here. be because you have like an actual neck and chin. Yeah, that's a good point. Where Joey um, Ramone had that like kind of combo deal going down. He, yeah. he he had a he had a chin that basically just came down to his chest. Yeah. No neck, Joe. Uh today we're going to be talking about a movie released in 1996. An Oscar winner starring Thomas Cruise and Cuba Gooding Sr.'s son. Okay. I'm talking about Jerry friggin' Maguire. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Oh, Bunny. I might have seen it. Hello. Um, It was released on December 13th, 1996. It cost $50 billion to make. And it ended up making um, $273 million at the worldwide box office, which is a big win. It won one Oscar. Cuba Gooding Sr.'s son won Best Supporting Actor, which is what gave it such a big box office. Because when it premiered, it broke the record for the lowest gross by a number one movie at the weekend box office. So the movie was, by all accounts, a bit of a failure until seven weeks after it was released when it was nominated for Best Picture. Now, I have a long-standing hatred for noted cult member Thomas Cruise. Yes. I don't think that Tom Cruise should be nominated for Best Actor, but um, I, I don't know if there's, like, Oscars for Plastic Surgeons. That would be good. But if they are, his plastic surgeon should just win all the awards because our our Tommy Cruz is almost 61 years old. I, I, I think there should also be award, an award, a, a lifetime achievement award for having been able to hide your true height all of these years. Yes. Yes. Good job. Um, we think you're tall. Yeah. Um, now, I have a long-standing hatred for Tom Cruise. Um, he's almost 61 years old. His face looks more plastic than a Ken doll. Plus, his religion believes in the grand alien overlord Xenu, and that's a bunch of dumbass nonsense. Plus, um... Jerry Maguire, the film was written and directed by Cameron Crowe, whom I personally 
have never cared for. Almost Famous is fun. Yeah, uh, Almost Famous, Singles, Say Anything, Vanilla Sky, Elizabeth Town. I've, I've never really cared that much for any of his movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not even his Academy Award winning blockbuster, We Bought a Zoo. Oh. <clears throat> which, won, which won the Oscar that year in 2011 for Best Everything. America was was uh, suffering from a disease known as we bought a zoo fever. Yes, and then it started the Amer the popular trend in American culture of buying zoos, and that's how we got the Tiger King. And, and it's and it's kind of weird because I am familiar with this movie. I doubt I've ever seen it, but. But I am stuck in my head with a choice between Will Farrell, Ben Stiller, and Mark Wahlberg for some reason. Uh, you, I think you're in the ballpark, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay. Because it was more of like Who a is family it? If you drama think about than it. a comedy. If so. you think about it, he actually is like a fusion of all three of those people. Yeah. Yeah. If if we were to put Will Farrell, Ben Stiller and Mark Wahlberg into some sort of crushing device and applied the pressure until they became one human being, I think the odds are really really high it would be Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So you may be wondering why I am talking about Jerry Maguire because I was in it. Okay, yes, you were. I, I was in the movie Jerry Maguire. I've got a videotape of it somewhere. Um, so I was in the movie. Um, there was an open call in a. I'm not sure. I think it was 1995. It was summer of 1995. There was an open. Dude, you don't have a shirt on. Dude. Put clothes on if you're going to be on the podcast, Eleanor. You gave me a heart attack. Okay, so. Damn it, Eleanor. Seriously, not funny. I hear you giggling, but it's not funny. Okay? Please put clothes on. So there was an open call in the newspaper. I believe it was summer of 95. And uh, they're filming a movie. And uh, it was going to be, the scene was going to be <coughs> a Monday night football game. Uh, that, And so they just asked, Anybody who wants to, to come to this stadium at this time and uh, to be in the movie. And my brother and I were just bored. And so we decided to uh, go to Tempe, Arizona, to Sun Devil Stadium to, to be in a Tom Cruise movie. We hadn't heard of it, but we went. So um, I just 
put clothes on. But my brother comes out of his room and he's dressed like Elvis. Okay. And I'm like, Joe, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, oh, I've got an idea of how to get in the movie. I'm dressed like Elvis. And so they'll probably put me in the movie, probably give me a close up. I, I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be huge. My brother was always coming up with uh, schemes. Uh, I didn't think he looked like Elvis, but a Vegas Elvis. My brother was okay. Vegas Elvis is the nice way to say it. I would say it a meaner way, but um, I'm, I'm, a I'm, I'm feeling a little more disturbed that apparently your brother had a Vegas Elvis outfit just laying around, just in case. He had these, he bought these big, huge Elvis sunglasses with uh, built in uh, sideburns. And then he had like this jacket, and he was just, he decided he was going to make Elvis gestures <laughs> for every take and oh they're they're gonna love it they're gonna have me be in the movie of course my brother didn't star in freaking jerry Maguire, but my brother was always convinced of okay this is going to make me famous no this is going to make me famous no this is going to make me famous so this was his big thing he showed up as a uh, vegas elvis to the movie I was surprised that so we got into the stadium and uh, there were some people there in the front of the stadium and they had like clipboards. And I was surprised to see a lot of the people not were were turned away. Yeah. And the reason was because so this is so. In the movie, at the end, there's a big Monday night football sequence. And so. They that's what we were filming. We were the audience for Monday Night Football. And it's a Monday Night Football game that's happening. Uh, I think it was I think it's Christmas Day is when it was supposed to happen. So a lot of people were thinking like my brother, a surprising amount of the people who showed up to be in Jerry Maguire were um, Just like Elvis. No, were that chicks. would be fucked up. No, it they were they were women who were dressed up like they're going to prom, like they're going clubbing, like it, they're having a bachelorette party, and they're dressed all scantily clad and sexy and showing body parts because oh, Tom Cruise is gonna see me. Oh, I can't wait to see Tom Cruise. I hope Tom Cruise likes this outfit. I think Tom Cruise would like this outfit, and so like. There were normal people, and then like every fifth person was like this group of women who were just there because they wanted to F Tom Cruise. And so they were turning a lot of women away. And also, again, we filmed this scene in summer in Phoenix. But it's supposed to be in December during the winter. And so some people showed up and like, tank tops and 
shorts and they were sent away because no we can't have you here but i was i was dressed normally and uh my brother was elvis and they said okay you guys are fine go on in and uh grab a cutout buddy so 45 um, minute uh, 10 minute warning 10 minute warning okay so um when you see the movie you see a full stadium we filled maybe a twelfth of the stadium. Yeah. It was not at all full. So they actually had the CGI, the stadium, to be full. And they just showed like one or two shots from far away and then a bunch of close-ups. And the close-ups were us. The Look at the whole stadium. That's all CGI. But in order to save a little bit of money on CGI, every third person who went into the stadium was given a life-size cutout human. Okay. And so it was my brother, me, and a cutout buddy. And the cutout buddy sat next to me, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And my brother got pissed, so he went and got two cutout buddies because my brother always has to be better than me. So he's got his two cutout buddies and then, oh, they're filming the scene and we're all cheering and like, oh, I'm being all happy. My brother, of course. Oh. Uh, and eventually the shoot went on for hours and hours and hours. And it's it's eight o'clock. It's ten o'clock. It's eleven o'clock. And and. Most of it, too, were there shooting scenes where the the audience is cheering in the background, but Tom Cruise and, and whatever, they have dialogue. So a lot of times when we are cheering, we're making no noise. So and then they would just pipe in noise. So so much of of the the work that we were doing was just. Oh, this sucks. You know? <laughs> so we started getting bored. So what we started doing is we started removing body parts of our cutout buddies. Yeah. And so, like, okay, in this scene, I'm going to be holding his leg. <laughs> Just taking it. And, and so I'm not in the movie. But there is one close-up of the... Of people in the stadium cheering. And right on the bottom left, you can see um, s s a part of someone's head shaking. Okay. Just right here, you see a head shaking, and that's the decapitated head of my cutout buddy. Okay. And I'm waving in the air. So I'm technically in it. But um, it was a lot of silence, and it was really boring, and it. Ah, absolutely hated it. And then there's still all these women who managed to get in, and they're all fawning over Tom Cruise. Um, in between takes, uh, they would play music and stuff like that. Cuba Gooding Jr. was, I swear, on cocaine or something, because he kept doing backflips in between shots. Yeah. And it's like, the cameras aren't on. What are you doing but he was feeding off the crowd we didn't even know who Cuba Gooding Jr. was 
but he's flipping all over the place like a flying Walenda. And okay, so there you go. They played uh, old time rock and roll from Risky Business, and Tom Cruise did the dance. And yeah. I thought, okay, as much as I hate Tom Cruise, the fact that you did the dance, it, it, I assumed that Tom Cruise would be, oh, they're playing that song. Well, uh, I am above that now. I am an actor. But no, he did the risky business run and the slide and the dance and everything. And it's like, okay, you get this small modicum of respect from me, Mr. Cruz. Yes. But it was really boring. And so um, at the time on UHF, on a UHF station in Phoenix at 1245 a.m., they would show uh, Mystery Science Theater. And so um, after midnight, we snuck out of the film shoot to go home and watch Mystery Science Theater. It was the Manos episode. Nice. So my brother and I may be the only people in history to sneak off of a Tom Cruise set to watch Mystery Science Theater. Did you then sneak back on? Nope. We just stayed home. <laughs> it was boring. And we just we didn't like being extras. It sucked. So we snuck out. But we still made it onto the movie. Not us, but a decapitated head of our cutout buddy. And that's Jerry Maguire! Hooray! Hooray! I was a part of history. I hate that movie. I actually hate it. Yeah. I hate that movie, and I won't watch it. I, I freaking hate it. Well, yeah, um, I mean, right off the bat, it's like Tom Cruise and sports. That's yeah. two strikes against it with a heavy chick flick element going on. Yeah. No. I mean... And since we're and since we're talking about movies, because this is a movie podcast, um, if there are any Hollywood executives right now yeah. who are struggling over the writer strike, let me just give you a teaser. Well, there's nothing in the rule books that says that a that a sloth can't be a UFC fighter. Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Got ideas. I've and, got good talk ideas. And weirdly, I'm also thinking that if you take Tom Cruise sports and a bit of a chick chick flick, and you put that under pressure, you would also get Matt Damon. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's weird now that Ben Affleck has become so famous and um, Matt Damon has become so famous that it's hard to remember when they were glued together. Yes. Like when they first came into Hollywood, they were um, conjoined twins. Yes, they were. And it's so weird to like to think in my head, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck like, oh, yeah, no, that was a They were a package deal. Uh huh. It was Captain Antonio. That's right. 
And so, it was and and it was better than if you ask me. It was. It was. Anywho, that is it for historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next time for more educationally uneducational fun. And cut on that. Yes. Um. Happy Mother's Day to you and to Jennifer. Because uh, it is Mother's Day as we're recording this. I texted my I texted my mother uh, and said, Happy Mother's Day. I love you guys. And my mom, being my mom, said, Oh, thank you. We miss you too. And be sure to say Happy Mother's Day to your wife. Okay. This is what I have to deal with. Nothing nothing to me. Yeah. A woman, but you know what? It's it's fine. It's fine. Uh it's not fine. So we are gonna be taking a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week's movie. The Super Mario Brothers movie. The kids have been dying to talk about it, so at one point I'm just gonna yield the floor to them so that they can talk about what they think. But I have a perfect idea for a sequel, and that's how we're going to start it out. But before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Thank you. Do 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 the outro music. Do 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 Doc Severinsen. Do 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 do. And break.
I like these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it, I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs. People are horrible. The headline is USA and Mexico. God, okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep a positive attitude towards this. I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican... And the relative brought up Trump and the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go, baby. Build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual. In the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. It's like, man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. It's like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm going to get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. I need I need to go whiteface. I'm gonna live here any longer. Really excited about that.
So, I wrote a song. I'm going to be playing for you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't finished the song yet. I haven't finished it yet. It's a work in progress. But I, I think I have enough that I can play it for you here. Uh, it's a good song. So far, I, it's pretty good. Uh, please be nice in the comments. Please be nice. You know, because it, you know, it's not 100% done yet. It's a work in progress. If you guys could just, you know, be nice. You know, I would appreciate that. So, uh, here you go. This is, this is what I've got so far. I call it Unrequited Petals of Tomorrow's Yesterday. That's what I call it. And, uh, uh this is, this is, this is how it goes. <clears throat> Oh, I think that's all I got so far, and um, I think it's a good beginning. I think it's, I think it's a good start. And uh, if you have if you have any if you have any requests, uh, you know, let me know. And uh, yeah, talk to you later. Yes, Lord. Is, is that you, Lord? Yes, Lord, I understand. Kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. Yes, my Lord, I will obey as soon as I get out of here. <laughs> In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the quiet jungle, the lion sleeps
Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. Just like you. Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. Bowser is coming. Together, we are going to stop that monster. How? Look at us. We're adorable. Oh, I got this. No problem. <laughs> Yes! Come on, Mario! Our big adventure begins now! Ah! Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! There's a huge universe out there. With a lot of galaxies. They're all counting on us. No pressure.
And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, buddy! It's time! Yes, it's time! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to aimlessly meander our way into the final part of our cavalcade of laughs. And it is said final part wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new extra strength, non-GMO, non-fat, non-sugar, but high in both vitamin B and semen movie of the week. And this week, it's a me. Gen X, who are all going gaga over the member berries emanating from the 2023 animated film, The Super Mario Brothers Movie! Yes. Now, before we continue discussing this uh, movie, I think it's time for us to bring out Spoiler Boy. Oh, spoiler boy! Hello. Okay, so, spoiler alert for the Super Mario Bros. movie 2023. You're doing great, spoiler boy! If you haven't watched the movie yet, then, and you, and you don't mind spoilers, then continue watching. But if you don't, you might want to stop watching and go... You might stop, might want to stop watching this and go watch the Super Mario Bros. Spoiler movie. alert, Luigi dies. Spoiler alert. I don't I can't say if that's true. Spoiler alert, at the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie, Luigi dies of cancer. I'm 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 still laughing over the concept of people having to stop watching us. <laughs> Yeah, stop <laughs> watching us. And then, <laughs> then, and then once you're done, come back here. See you. Thank you, spoiler boy. Uh, Bunny, before we dive deep into this film and why it's such a big hit, I have a pitch for a sequel. This okay. is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is wonderful. And it's sure to appease all of the hardcore American fans of the Mario series. Are you ready, Bunny? Yes. Okay. So, the original Super Mario Brothers game came out in 1985, and it was such a hit that in Japan, they quickly released a sequel using the exact same game format. They didn't change the backgrounds. They didn't change the characters. It was all the same. It was called Super Mario Brothers 2. However, what the game really was, was basically they remade the first game, but the, with the difficulty raised up way high, like ridiculously high. The concept of the sequel being, okay, so you played the first Super Mario Brothers game. And it keeps getting harder and harder until you get to the end, and then you beat the game. So, um, in Japan, they had a a concept that I think is awesome in theory, which is, let's make Super Mario Brothers 2 just as hard as the end of the first game. Uh-huh. 
Do you, do you understand that? So, so Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan starts off with just Mario again in the Mushroom Kingdom, but now it's super hard and it sucks ass. Okay. It is so hard. And you're playing the game and you're like, oh, this is a bit difficult. And it's uh, the characters are faster and they're all coming out at me. But uh, okay, no, I think I've got this. And you're breaking blocks. Woohoo! And you see a mushroom and it's green and you eat it and you immediately die. Because in the sequel, some of the power ups kill you. Okay. Super Mario Brothers 2 was hard as hell. It starts off with the difficulty of the last level of the first Super Mario Brothers, making it a 100% continuation, kind of like Rocky and Rocky 2. Now, I know I played it, but I just have no recollection. Ah, 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 no, no. Uh, hold on. Just one moment. You might not have played Super Mario Brothers 2, because Super Mario Brothers 2 and Super Mario Brothers 2 are two completely different games. So in Japan, they released Super Mario Brothers 2. It's hard as hell, but Nintendo basically said, okay, this game is way too hard for dumb, stupid Americans. Dumb, stupid Americans are not going to want the Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2. We need to give them something different. And so the Japanese people were like, oh, but... We worked really hard on Super Mario Brothers 2. We can't make two Super Mario Brothers 2. So uh, Nintendo did something absolutely crazy. One of those things where it's like, that's, that's insane. But it's so crazy that it just might work. So what they did was, a Nintendo got a Japanese video game that would never get released in America entitled Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic and got the four main characters of the game, the four playable characters, Imogene, Mama, Lena, and Papa, and replaced them with Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad. And so they released... In Japan, an actual sequel to Super Mario Brothers called Super Mario Brothers 2. But in America, they took the Japanese game Yumi Kojo Doki Doki Panic and retrofitted it as Super Mario Brothers 2. So Japan got the actual sequel. We got some other fucking game that they just decided to call a Mario game and release to America. It is weird as hell. I, 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 I'm just finding myself not having any memory of Mario Brothers 2, although I know I played it. Mario Brothers 2, you're pulling radishes from the ground and throwing it at small red guys wearing Jason hockey men. There are magic carpets. Okay. There are... It is bizarre. The first bad guy that you run into in Super Mario Brothers 2 is a trans character. And uh, I'm hoping if they make a sequel, the trans character comes out. Okay. 
So that is the story of Super Mario Brothers 2, the game. There's two different Super Mario Brothers 2. There's one that is really hard, and then there's so one... So would that be Super Mario 2 squared? No. Eventually, they released Super Mario Brothers 2 in America in a package game as Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. So that's what that... Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan in America is called Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. Super Mario Brothers 2 is a fun game and it's really nice and it's easy to play and in reality it has nothing to do with Mario. Yeah. There's Super Mario Brothers 2 Jap Japan. Super Mario Brothers 2 America and then Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. Which is the American release of Super Mario Brothers 2 Japan. It's crazy. So anyway, Bunny, this week's movie is Super Mario Brothers. It has made over a billion dollars in about a month. And so, of course, they're going to be working on a sequel. Here is my perfect, 100% perfect pitch for Super Mario the Super Mario Brothers movie, too. Funny. Do you remember when we did uh, the Lupin movie? Yeah. The 1979 anime film, The Castle of Cagliostro, starring Lupin Third. Yes. Release that in America as Super Mario Brothers 2. A movie. Nice. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit different. Mario uh, really wants to fuck every woman he sees and has a gun and is constantly smoking now. And he's got a lot taller and thinner. Taller and thinner, yeah. He's been he's been taking uh, Weight Watchers. And then uh, Mario's brother Luigi... He's a smoker now, and you never see his face because he's always wearing a hat. Yeah. But he is incredible at a gun. He can shoot anything. He, he is the world's greatest trick shot. That is, of course, what Luigi is known for. Now, um, Toad is now a samurai with a sword that can cut through anything. And yeah. then... Here's the only controversial part of the Super Mario Brothers movie, too. Peach shows titties and uses sex to get what she wants. Yes. That will be a bit controversial, but, um, hey, Hollywood, you know how there's a writer's strike? I already have Super Mario Brothers, too, lined up for you. Oh, and uh, Zenigata's Diddy Kong. Boom! There's your sequel. Uh, for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Boom. This is you. You just, uh, uh, what's up, Tiger Lily? Yes. Boom. They're Super Mario Brothers. I'm on board for this. I think that's a legitimately hilarious idea. So, okay. The Super Mario Brothers movie. It has quickly become the highest grossing animated film of all time. Beating the former record holder, Fritz the Cat. Um, now, Bonnie, 
you expressed a desire to watch this film because it's making so much money. You wanted to know what's the big deal. So, Bunford Williamsburg, you have the floor. What did you think? It was entertaining. It was no big deal, though. It's entertaining. I enjoyed it. Uh, probably won't watch it again, but if I do, I won't mind again. But the biggest problem was how Stormy Daniels fucked this movie up for me. How she completely yes, fucked yes. this movie up for me. Because, Would you look, like there he is. It? He's even on the poster. Yeah. Stormy Daniels said, Toad is what Trump's penis looks like. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it wound up being Trump's penis, the movie. Maxwell, will you do me a favor and leave the room for a moment? Okay. Thank you, and I love you. Okay. The best thing about the E. Jean Carroll um, court case that people aren't talking about is the fact that he was charged with sexual battery, sexual assault. He wasn't charged with rape. The reason being, E. Jean Carroll had something inserted into her, and she wasn't sure if it was a finger or Mr. Trump's penis. Yes. So basically, um, E. Jean Carroll couldn't tell the difference between, uh, just look at your pinky finger. Okay, that's Trump. Yes. And she wasn't sure, like, um, it was either a baby carrot or the president's penis. I, I have been doing my part to try to pass that quote around. It's, it's, it's shocking. I Almost couldn't... as shocking as Bo Jackson smelling a porcupine's asshole. Yes. Which I... is a news bit. That it was in the USA Today. I could not tell if he penetrated me or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's your president. Uh, Donald Trump, the opposite of Pete Davidson. Yes. The anti-Pete. There's big dick energy, and then there's small Trump energy. Yes. S-T-E. Now, I'm going to be starting that. But I was here... a child of... There was a village of them. Yeah. So, I am a child of the 80s. I'm Gen X. I grew up with Super Mario Brothers. I grew up with Nintendo. I remember seeing the Nintendo Entertainment System for the first time. I was at Smitty's. Smitty's was a uh, chain in Arizona where it was a massive, massive supermarket. And also it sold furniture. And also it sold clothes. And also it was a post office. And also it was a bank. And also it was a deli. And also I got my hair cut there. Also there was an eye doctor. Also there was a small arcade. And also there was a sit-down restaurant. Nice. And so... I went to the electronics section 
and there were just kids gathering around and they were playing something. What's that? And they were playing the first level of Super Mario Brothers. It is ingrained into my brain. So I grew up with this. And so this movie is basically tailor-made for me because I grew up with it and I want to go see it myself. But now I have all of these kids and I'm paying for them to also go see it. And so it, it and so See it's di- it's different for Max though. Max it, my kids liked the movie, but my kids never really I grew up with my Mario being Bob Hoskins and Captain yeah. Lou. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. Chris Pratt now. Now now you have to and add Chris Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. So Chris again, Pratt. again, goddammit. Captain Lou Albano, Bob Hodgkins, and Chris Pratt squeezed together under pressure. You have Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? So, um, I hated the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, though. Yeah. Absolutely hated that. Because when I heard that they were making a a, Mario, a Super Mario show, I thought, oh, maybe there will be secrets and Easter eggs and things hidden. And maybe it'll tell you how to play the game better. And maybe it'll show all the bosses. And then I go see it, and it's like the Three Stooges. But it's two it's two fat Italians. And it's like, oh, okay. This is not what I had hoped for. But um real talk, I like this movie. It hit all the right buttons for me. There were so many little Easter eggs and references that I absolutely marked out for. Like like the pizza parlor that they're hanging out at is the Punch-Out Pizza Parlor. Yeah. And you can see there's Bald Bull. There's, uh... Uh... I didn't see Mike Tyson there, but that's a different story. Um, and then when Mario goes to his room and he's playing video games, first of all, Mario's playing a Nintendo Entertainment System. That's weird. Yeah. That's like seeing Jesus read the Bible. Yeah, it's like ha. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, "Hey, this is gonna be a supper. It might be our last." Yeah, I totally did that. But he's playing the game Kid Icarus, and it's weird to see a video game character playing a video game. Number one, number two, that game was hard as fuck. That was a really hard game. It's soft, but in his room, he has a pro wrestling poster and it's my two favorite characters from the original nintendo game pro wrestling it's starman versus the amazon and i squealed like a little baby in the theater at the fact that starman from pro wrestling was 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 on the screen i was like "Ah!" and uh there's little easter eggs uh, when you're watching, when they're watching the news, anytime that the news is on, there's all these like, what do they call them? Krylons. There's uh, bits of news that scroll on the bottom. Yeah. And, not sure. 
And all of those are little tiny Easter eggs. Like there's one about ice climbers and there's a, a like there's another one about, um, oh, oh, my favorite bit was they said um, there are reports in New York of crabs in the sewer system. And that's a reference to the original Mario Brothers game where the crabs are coming out and you got to hit them, crabs and turtles, and you got to hit them. Um, so, uh, and then they would use, in the movie, they use tiny snippets of video game songs, which I like. Like, you're watching the movie, yeah. and then they'll play a little bit of this dungeon theme, or they'll play a little bit, and I like that. It, it, the movie's cute, and it's fun. I do not like Chris Pratt as Mario. However... They did Luigi absolutely fucking perfect, and I love it. I, I felt Charlie the Day. Force, the forced sentimentality was, was just not working with Mario. You know, I mean, like, and and seriously, it should strike home like a motherfucker. Your your father doesn't doesn't. Your father doesn't approve of you and thinks you're stupid. You know, I mean, that should have totally landed. Yeah. But it just, like, felt felt flat, and I, I just didn't care much. Yeah, I didn't care much for Mario, but... You know, um, I'm not just saying this because I'm the second-born child, but um, I'm just saying I think Luigi was a bit more lovable. A bit funnier, a bit more fleshed out as a character. I like that in the beginning where they're fixing that bathroom. Luigi has like a mirror that he's holding as a shield. And he, he that same scene is mirrored at the end of the film when he's holding like a trash can lid. Or, uh, or is it like a sewer manhole cover? But he's using that as a shield from uh, Bowser's yeah. fire. It's a manhole cover. Thank you. But I, I think Luigi is just a better character overall. And I've heard a lot of people say that they're hoping for a uh, Luigi's Mansion movie. But um, we are two grown-ups. Last I checked. And um, we thought that this was an alright movie. Fun, cute kids movie. But how we feel about the movie is just the half of it. Oh, kids! Uh, I've got two little ones, a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. They will now be taking over the podcast while I have a bit of an edible. Okay. So, um, uh, spoiler boy, Hello? this is your new position in the podcast. Your spoiler boy. The other one is coming soon. <clears throat> okay, you sit down, Matt. You sit down. And, uh... Talk about the movie. Talk about what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Go for it. Hi. Hi. Okay. I loved it. Yeah. Like, the kids, like, kids nowadays who haven't played the old games, like I have, and, and Maylin has, um, they wouldn't get most of the references. Like, when... <gasps> Mario saving uh when Mario saving Donkey Kong um 
they um they get eaten by this eel. I immediately knew that it's the eel from uh Jolly Roger Bay from Super Mario sixty four. Okay. Cool. So many little references and so many little references in such big like big scenes and it's amazing. What did you think about the Super Mario Brothers movie? You need to speak a little bit louder. It was good. What did you like about it? Did you like how at the end God hears Margaret's prayers and finally gives her her period? I think that's the wrong movie. Oh, that's the wrong movie. Okay. Yeah. Even though, even though this new movie wasn't made by Sam Raimi, do you think that it it stayed true to the Evil Dead franchise? Even though there's no uh, there's no uh, Hail to the King baby in it. Oh, that's also the wrong movie. Okay, sorry. No, you can. Yeah, no, you can. How do you think about the little references throughout the movie? They were kind of bad. They were kind of bad. <laughs> what was bad about them? But one of the characters that I really liked were that little star that really wanted to die. Oh yes, the star that wanted to die. That's one of the stars from Super Mario Galaxy, which is setting up Aluma. Aluma, yeah, which sets up a bunch of other. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the only the only way out is sweet release of death. What other movies do you think that they can do after this? I don't know. I think. Um. Bowser unshrinks and he gets King Boo and traps Mario in a painting and then Luigi has to um save him teaming up well teaming up with Egad Egad which should be voiced by Danny DeVito. I, I like where you're going here. And get that, and get the vacuum, and get the vacuum thing, and save Mario, and shrink Bowser once again, and maybe flush him down a toilet. I don't know about the end. They, they should make a movie about uh, Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion? <laughs> Which is, so me and you agree, on um, the sequel. So that was good, kid. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you guys move and I can... Before I, can... I move... Well, you can, you can stay sitting here for right now. Before I get up, I have to say, Toad has improved from... to... Come on, Mario! Yeah, I was worried about Toad being a character in the movie because everybody does a Toad uh, impression and it's the most annoying thing in the world. That's how Toad sounds. 
So I like the fact that they got uh, one half of Key and Peele to make a toad voice that doesn't make me automatically want to rip my hair out. Yeah, but, and also, for real, if someone from Nintendo or Illumination is watching, they all are. Luigi's warning. Okay. Here, you move, and I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Okay. That was nice. Thank you, kids. Thank you, kids. Thank you. Thank you for helping out with the podcast. Wait a second. Human Fair, Human E Fairground wants to offer promotions of our channel? Viewers, followers, views, chats, bots? Wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. Fucking okay. Um, okay, so that was cute. Thank you, kids. Um, but Bonnie, here's the thing, okay? Mm. This movie made one billion dollars. Easy. It is the yeah. first movie of 2023 to cross a billion dollars. Do you know what that means, Bunny? No. It means that in the next two to four years, we will be swamped by video game animated movies. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. And they yes. will... I can't say all of them, but a lot of them are going to be way worse than this week's movie. I, I also felt that I need to put this out there before we finish up here. Bowser was way too dark as a character overall. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they did a really he, good job he, of Bowser being mean and vicious, but also just has a tiny little schoolboy crush. No, he is demanding he is demanding Princess Peach to rape repeatedly over and over again in horrible, perverse ways until he gets tired of her or he destroys their, their complete civilization. Yeah. That's what? some pretty Eleanor? dark shit. Oh, Eleanor would now like to say her favorite part of the movie. They Ah, yes, that was a good part of the movie. That was a good part of the movie. Yeah. But every movie studio right now is without a doubt trying to gain rights to video games to make into movies. I can, if you pay attention, if, if, you, if you close your eyes and just open your heart, you can see... Um, Timothy Chalamet starring in the Ratchet and Clank movie. Oh, I really want to see him starring in Frogger. I, I absolutely, I have it written here. I can see the Frogger comedy of like, oh, it's a frog and his family. What? The family gets taken away? I'm going to have to go on an adventure. I'm going to go, and he immediately gets run over by a car. End of film. Yeah. yeah. I, I was really thinking more of watching Timothy Chalamet being run over by cars just over and over and over I mean, and over seen. again. 
Huh? I would see that before I saw Dune again. Yeah. I can see the Banjo-Kazooie film. I can see the Frogger comedy. Pete Davidson as Spyro the Dragon. I can see. I can legitimately see the Pac-Man movie starring Wanda Sykes as one of the ghosts. Yes. I can 100% see that. Maybe Zelda, Mega Man, I'm not too entirely sure, because it's basically, they already did that. It was called Astro Boy. I, I, I would I, really like to see Kevin Spacey as Pac-Man. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see Lars Von Tears. I would like to see Lars Von Tears Burger Time. Oh, yes. I would like to see Tommy Wiseau's Dig Dug. It is not time for me to dig under the ground. Oh, hi, bad guy. <laughs> I would like to see that. Um, but the copycats riding on Mario's coattails, calling it now, that's going to suck. Yeah. That is going to suck. But Hollywood, call me. I already have Super Mario Brothers 2 done in the can. Dark ready for you. Dark days ahead of us. Yeah. Thank you, Mario. But, thank you. you, Mario. Um I, I hated the thing to so put on my tragedy list. I hated some of the the song choices. Yeah. In the movie, it's obvious they're like, "Hey, we're a kids' film, so we need some pop, some popular songs." And then, like, okay, let's just reach into the hat. Um, Beastie Boys sabotage, whatever. Um, it like it was just really like non sequitur, but it upsets me that the Super Mario Brothers movie features a scene. With Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And they use that during the big fight near the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking that's, that. I was like, wow. What are the odds? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm going to go see another movie. I'm going to go see uh, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret Theaters. And she's going to be there like, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Do you know wh what borough I live in, God? No sleep till... That's, that's what I figure is going to happen. Every movie needs to have that. Every movie needs to have one Beastie Boys song, but then in the preview, use one David Bowie song. Yeah. That's just, that's just the law. Uh, so that's it for this week's movie. It's it's cute. It's fine. I grew up with Nintendo, so I love it. My kids loved it. That's what's important. Next week! Yo. Yo. Yo, buddy, are you ready? Are you ready for next episode? Yo, it, buddy, are you ready? Does it start? Yo! You bet it starts. Next week. Our next episode is the beginning of summer, 
And every summer we do themed summers. We've done the summer of Saw, the summer of Star Wars, where we watched all of the cinematically released Star Wars movies, except for the Clone Wars animated film, because it doesn't count. Uh, the summer of Fred Willard, the summer of Bottoming. This year, we're doing the summer of Yo. We are watching the entire Rocky series, and we are counting how many Yo's are in them. Yes. Uh, we're doing the summer of Yo, or as I like to call it, another summer of avoiding the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes. Hooray! I, I should really figure out how to redo the announcements so that we can keep a running total of the Yo's. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. those announcements that I put out every week, that really draws in the crowd. Bunny. Um, and they would really like to know how many yo's at each point, I think. Yeah. Um, Bunny, do you want eight dogs? A dog? No, eight. Eight. Okay, just one would be fine. He's got a cat behind him on the couch, so I think that's already a no. Okay. Um, I Less than a minute. Okay. Next week, we're starting our summer reveal where we're watching the entire Rocky franchise. Next week, Bunny, you, I'm going to put you to work. We're watching Rocky 1 and 2. Uh-oh. That's not fair. They're, they're the, they tell the same story. Yeah. Because two starts right where one leaves off. So we're watching Rocky one and two, and then the next three and four are such masterpieces that they both need their own episodes. Okay. So um, Rocky one and two next week. But that's our next episode. Now that I'm looking back at this one, um, Chris Pratt, Cutout Buddies, um, Smelling a Porcupine's Asshole. I got to say, I think this has been a great episode. It 